And welcome to another episode of Hell's Kitchen Cast, Men with Fear. I am Kingpin Chaos, and joining me once again, the one, the only, the amazing, the astonishing, Agent Andy Ant-Man Urquhart. How you doing, Agent? Yes, doing well, doing well. A belatedly episode, but we're here. Yeah, we might as well get right into that. Uh, just scheduling didn't work out for us, so we had to, you know, we, we were trying to find a day. We are going to do it Sunday. Uh, I didn't hear from Andy until about 4 o'clock and about 10 minutes after, or literally, I think it was 30 seconds. I think your message came through while I was on the phone with her. My mom invited us over <laughs> for dinner. And I was like, uh, yeah, I didn't hear from you all day. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, go- I'm, go- I'm going to my mommy's, <laughs> damn it. So, uh, yeah. So, we apologize for this episode being late. It does, but uh, we do not expect to be late this week for this week's episode. So, it- you're going to get double barreled this week. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. We're doing one tonight, which is Monday, and then we're doing another one Wednesday. Dear God, help us. So. You been up to anything, Andy? Mm, I, I, well, I was away last week. That's why I, right. I, I couldn't make the show on Wednesday. Okay. But it was it was like a work thing I was away for. But it was a work thing where I got paid to sit and drink in a field for a day. So it was good. Can't complain about that, right? Yeah, it was good. I stayed up till four in the morning. Yeah, very uh, drunk. <laughs> uh, un- until we get on Disney's payroll, right? Yeah, <laughs> you you, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, so busy. I, I it was nice having a Wednesday off for once, but um, we're back and we're going to just keep on rolling and hopefully we get all these episodes in before uh, Shield uh. Airs and I think we're gonna do it. I don't. I don't see a real problem. I might even. We might even get a week off somewhere, Andy. 
Yeah, I think I think we'll squeeze it. If if some other things don't uh, get get in the way, Chip. I be- believe you have an announcement. Huh? I believe oh, you, you have an announcement. I, I have an. I mean, are you talking about uh, KBR? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. I've uh, after years of saying I would. The last thing I would ever want to do is do three podcasts a week. Uh, I have joined the cast of Knuckleballer Radio, and will now be doing three podcasts a week. Um, for those of you that don't know what Knuckleballer Radio is, it's I like to consider it. It's kind of like Seinfeld, but it's actually funny because I can't stand Seinfeld. <laughs> um, no, me neither. <laughs> it's it, it, it's not about comic books. It's not about video games, but it could be. On any week. It could also be about your wife getting hit on at the grocery store or cars or uh, I know they did an entire episode on shit your pants stories once. <laughs> and uh, it's where I, where I ate an, an army MRE once. They put me through the nasty jelly bean challenge, which absolutely failed. <laughs> I don't think that episode ever aired, though. But, you know, there's, Normie sat, sent me, like, the bam, Bean Boozled game, which comes with a bunch of jelly beans, and it's kind of like Russian roulette with jelly beans. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got it over here as well. Okay, yeah. You know, you spin the dial and it says yellow. Well, it could be either a banana jelly bean or a vomit-flavored jelly bean. <laughs> um, you know, the green one could be mouthwash or toxic waste you know uh the problem was i was just eating them i wasn't you know <laughs> you, you know they'd be like eating the moldy cheese and retching on the air and i'm here what's your problem because i have Jeff no has a mouth of steel a mouth of steel yeah that's one one way of putting it uh <laughs> i have no taste power. buds <laughs> Uh, no sense of smell. I don't know what it was, but yeah, it, it was kind of funny. So knuckleballer can be just about, just about anything, any given week. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I do it with my co-host from, or I'm joining, uh, my co-host from the B team, Eli, who has been on here, AKA Sodom, and Normie, who has done a couple episodes of, uh, what she, she did, uh, men with fear with us. Did she? At least once. Yeah, she did that. And did she not do Jessica Jones as well? Yes, I think she did. My wife did Yeah, Jessica she did Jones. the season finale with yeah with your, your wife as well, yeah. That's right. So, um, you know, friends friends of this show, uh, definitely check it out. It's called Knuckleballer Radio. The Sean Freeman is the main host or the lead host on it. And uh, we have a lot of fun. So go ahead and give that a listen. So, before we get into the news, Andy, I did have an interest. It, it, it is a superhero uh, related story. It is not Marvel related, okay. though. All right. Okay. Uh, as you know, uh, I bought a new car this weekend, and I might—I don't know if I mentioned to you that I was actually looking for a car or not. But um, something I've been working on now. I, I definitely helped you. I definitely had you mention it on uh, the B-team anyway. Okay. So I, right. I was aware. All right. So I've been looking for a car um, for a, f- a few weeks now. 
And one of the one of the ones I ended up looking at was the Jeep Renegade. Now, I found out about this last weekend. I think I found out too late because I think they were all sold out of them. But at one point, Jeep had made a limited edition Batman v Superman Jeep Renegade. <laughs> nice. And unfortunately, like I said, I think most of them were, are, as far as I could tell, they were all sold out. Nobody had any of them anywhere. They were available a few months ago for a limited time, and that was it. Um, so I wasn't able to get one, but I guess, first of all, it was one of the, the more basic models. and it, and But the wheels were like all black, and it had a special logo on it. I so I would have at least considered it if I if they had one, <laughs> but uh, I did end up with a Jeep Renegade. I ended up with uh, the Trailhawk model, which is, uh, I guess, their top of the line. I live in Connecticut; it snows here uh, quite a bit in the winter. I need something with four wheel drive. So, but nice. I I picked it up Saturday and been driving all around the state on it. So, a lot of fun. My my question. My question to you about it, mm. unrelated to driving or anything at all, does it have Stitcher radio built in? Stitcher? No. No, okay. Because <laughs> I remember Stitcher was saying, like, uh, I think it was like a year or two ago that they were going to be like built into cars going forward to new cars. But I don't know if it was like a specific make or manufacturer or what. Um. It wasn't Jeep. Uh, through their Uconnect, I have a bunch of audio. You know, there was iHeart. There was Pandora. I think there was Slacker, but there wasn't Stitcher. There was one called okay. Aha, too. And But no, uh, Stitcher wasn't one of the ones uh, through Uconnect that, w- that was there. I do, I, it, does have, okay. it does have Wi-Fi if I want to pay for it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So, uh, right now, well, I have a week free, but I'm driving. I mean, what the hell do I need Wi-Fi when I'm driving for? Yeah. So, and, and, so you can uh, play and, Pokemon Go. <laughs> well, I see. I have unlimited. I'm still grandfathered into the AT and T unlimited data plan. So, uh, and so don't, you don't need it. <laughs> no, I I really don't need it at this point. So, but yeah, so I did get I did pick up a new car and. Uh, if they had the Batman v Superman one, I definitely would have at least considered it. <laughs> so, but, all right. I, I believe we have some news to get to. Yes, we do have some news to kick through, some MCU news, and one, one or two Agents of Shoe bits okay. and pieces kicking about. So, uh, first of all, it does look like the Warriors 3 are going to be back in Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Uh, Do do we care? Oh, well, I like the Warriors 3. Oh, I like them, but is it it that big a deal? Well, it it is because they were not announced in the cast list. So, when they put the cast list, like, oh, the Warriors 3 is... That's shit. <laughs> but it turns out that they actually are going to be in the movie because the actors are in, I think it's Australia they're shooting in. Yeah, it's okay. Australia. Yeah. Um, so it's Ray Stevenson and what's the other guy's name? Uh, T- 
time. Oh, I don't even want to try and pronounce this guy's name. <laughs> but uh, basically, it's uh, Volstag and what's the guy's name? Hogan. Uh, Volstag and Hogan. Yes, that's it. And uh, was it Vandal? Something like that. If if Vandral, yes, Vandral. he has not been seen yet. Okay. But I mean, if those two are there, you can kind of assume mm. that he's going to be there. Yeah, it would kind of suck to just have the Warriors too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jamie Alexander, who played Sif in the previous movies, and Age of the Shield, if you mm-hmm. remember, uh, has been asked about it, but, but she's basically told them that she's not been allowed to comment on the possibility, but that we shouldn't worry. <laughs> like, okay, don't, don't worry. That probably means that she's going to be in the movie as well. That's a good sign. Yeah. So that's good. I think it's good to see all them back. Um, as well for uh, Thor Ragnarok, there was another a new set. A couple of set photos came out where we see uh, Mark Ruffalo in Asgard, along with a crashed Quinjet. By the looks of it. Okay. So, looks like he's probably going to end up crashed in Asgard. Well, yeah. I mean. He's there. It's a Quinjet, and it's crashed. So yeah, I think I think that's a pretty safe bet, Andy. And, unless, like, I mean, the only way the the only way they can do it is either he get, he crashes in Asgard, Thor finds him there, or, or Thor finds him just floating in space on his way to Asgard and takes him there. Mm, okay, I think he crashes on Asgard, but I just want to know yeah, how, how he gets there. Hmm. Autopilot. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would autopilot know where Asgard was, though. <laughs> maybe somehow Loki's involved and brings him to Asgard? Mm-hmm. Could, could be. I mean, Loki's uh, used the Hulk before, if you remember mm. in the Avengers movie, and then Avengers, the comic book okay. as well. Loki uh, sent the Hulk on a rampage. That's how the Avengers, the original Avengers, started. Yep, exactly. And uh, the thing, the thing to remember about Loki is that remember Loki is at this moment in the MCU masquerading as Odin. Right. I feel that's important for people to remember because it's been a long time. It's been a while. We saw that happen because Thor Ragnarok. Is a good while ago now. Like people have probably forgotten about that, but yeah, if you remember from that movie, Loki is pretending to be Odin. Yeah, I'll have to. So, um, we did. Yeah, I'll have to watch it again before uh, it comes out. Yeah, the Dark World was not the best movie. No, but you know, I think I I think I liked it more than the first one. I, I might be... Uh, no, I, I think you're alone now. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that. But I still just think uh, it was... Something about the first one just didn't hit me right. I don't know. I just loved it, like, how Cookie Thor was compared to, like, Oth. And he's like, oh, this weird stuff. And it was just interesting to see, like, an alien come to Oth and, like, what he would be like if he was, like, a god come to Oth. It was funny. And also Coulson was in it. True. Coulson was in it a lot. Hey, okay, so we did. Yeah, he was one of the kind of main side characters in in that movie. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we did also get a new uh, TV spot for Doctor Strange, which was, didn't show us any of your footage. <laughs> but it's there. Like You can watch it. Yeah, they actually showed that with uh, Suicide Squad. Okay. Just the teaser or the full trailer? The full trailer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the full trailer they put out, like, what, Comic-Con? Yeah. Yeah, and it was that was a really good trailer, but, I mean, this TV spot, just, it's a TV spot. <laughs> like, most TV spots, they add nothing. And this one is no different. Okay, so, uh, speak, speaking of Thor, just to, to get another Thor. Thor is story because we're getting, like, Thor's coming up and obviously they're shooting at the moment. So, there is a bit of a rumor going around that uh, Thor and the Hulk are going to encounter the ancient alien race known as the Kotati. Now, do you, do you know who the Kotati are? No. Should okay, I? So, in the comic books... Well, maybe. Uh, in the comic books, they're best known for being re- directly responsible for awakening the powers within Mantis. Oh, okay. Who, who obviously is a character that's going to mm-hmm. be debuting in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, basically, this race is generally depicted as stationary plant-like species who relies on their telepathic abilities. Interesting. But they'll probably not be plants if they are in this movie. They'll be more kind of like uh, Mantis as she's been shown from Gardens of the Galaxy 2 so far. Hmm. Well. Hmm. All right. We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, I, I could see him doing plants, and then she becomes the sentient uh, avatar of these plants. <laughs> that just sounds silly. <laughs> huh? That just sounds silly, but well, it's, it could it's a mantis. She's not the greatest character. Hmm. True, true. I, like, um, I'm sure there was some things they're talking about where she's apparently not going to be green in the in the movie because she's green in the comic books mm-hmm. but in the movie she's apparently not going to be green well that sucks well i guess i i, I know why well the, yeah, you don't green. want to confuse her with gamora yeah yeah he's already green she's got the the green yeah. female role down like no one else can be green. I'm the only green one in this movie. Yeah, okay. And isn't because I, I couldn't I can't remember because I Mantis disappeared for decades uh, before coming back to uh, the Guardians comic book. Uh, for some reason, I thought Mantis was purple, but isn't Nebula kind of purple or blue? Yeah, Nebula's kind of blue, but uh, Mantis in the comic books. When I've read her, anyway, she's always been green. Okay. Yeah, you can't have two green chicks in the same movie. No. Okay, so speaking of green things, right? Hold it. <laughs> the, uh, I, the I got the new team. The new super team. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gamora, Mantis, mm-hmm. and the She-Hulk. Yep. 
the green I, genie. The A force. <laughs> hmm? The A force is. <laughs> yeah, sort of the A force. A force. Yeah, I would see that movie. I'd like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, speaking of green things, though, Chip, mm-hmm. the uh, writer of Captain Marvel, has, uh, whose name is uh, Nicole Perman, now she was speaking on a podcast and was basically talking about uh, the origin story for Captain Marvel and how it's very likely that they're going to be changing her origin story quite drastically from the traditional origin. And get this. And this is how it ties into the green thing, because the they don't they don't want people they don't want her origin story to be too similar to Green Lantern's origin story. How ridiculous <laughs> is that? How ridiculous stu- is that? that? I mean, come on, that's a little stupid. It's very stupid. Yeah, I mean, the only similarity is both get their powers from aliens. That's it. Like, which is the case for many, 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 many superheroes. Um, I mean, Green Lantern, like. He gets his power from, I think the guy's name's Abon or something like that. Yes. And he, the ring picks Hal Jordan, and he, he's never met him before, and he gets he gets the ring from him. That's it. That's all that happens. And then Abon dies. But Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers, gets her powers from Captain Marvel, who shields her from like an explosion of Kree energy, and it basically imbues her with his powers. Right. And they, were, they, at the time, I believe, were in a relationship and continued to be in a relationship for years afterwards and he ended up dying of cancer, I believe, of all things. Yes. <laughs> so, it's very, I think it's very different. It was the very first different. Marvel graphic novel. Hmm. I have it. Um, I had to wash my mother's windows, like, in the entire house for the $5 to get it. Hates. <laughs> um... But yes, it's called The Death of Captain Marvel. And then I spilt something on the cover. <laughs> I, do you still have it, is the I, question. I, yes, I, I would definitely still have it. Ah, uh, but nice. yes, uh, he dies of cancer at the end of it. And, you know, supposedly he was one of the characters that was never to come back in the Marvel Universe ever again. Like Phoenix and uh, Bucky yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know... <laughs> Gwen Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle uh, Ben, he's the only one that stays dead. Uncle Ben's the only one who stays dead. But, uh, so yes, uh, yeah, it was some type of, between the, ener- he shielded, shielded her from an energy bomb. I don't know. I mean, and then her powers have morphed and changed over the years and, uh, she's been a couple different characters along the way. Yeah, like she was, I think, she, was she not like Moonstone or someone like that as well? And uh, she was obviously Miss Marvel and then Captain Marvel. She was Ms. Marvel first. Yep. Um, I want to say that it's, uh, at some point she had a different name as well, but... Um... There definitely was, yeah. I, mean, I may be wrong saying Moonstone, but there there was definitely one other. Oh, she was not she Moonstone. Had. She was absolutely no. not Moonstone. It was it was someone like that though. Oh, Moon Moonstone. Moonstone has, and she she's actually in Marvel Puzzle Quest, as you know. Um, yep. <laughs> the horrible character I hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and in Puzzle Quest specifically, she is. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't exactly understand. I've never really. Well, for some reason, in the Mar- in Marvel Puzzle Quest, she's wearing the Kree uh, uh, out uniform. But she used hmm. to be. Oh, it was that War Warbird. Warbird. That was okay. it. All right. But mm-hmm. yeah, so Carol Danvers has been many different characters and a uh, supporting character uh, going back to, into the, probably the 60s, I would say. Hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Obviously, this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is not uh, the 616 Universe. And... Uh, you know they do what they do what they think is right for to make the movie interesting and so far while we might not agree with everything they've done uh it's worked out in the end yeah i mean much as i don't like what they did with ant-man with like hank pym and stuff it kind of works yeah there are, there are far more the Ant-Man thing was a bit egregious but in the end it did work it was it was a decent yeah. <laughs> movie yep so alright but yeah so obviously this this movie's still early in development I mean they're still like working on the script clearly so mm-hmm. it's, that's not all quite nailed down so we'll get we'll find out more about that as things go forward um, speaking of confirmed news, uh, Sebastian Stan has been confirmed. He will return for Avengers Infinity War, yes. but might not be in Black Panther. You know, first of all, yeah, who knows? Because, you know, they they love to throw red herrings at us. And if they do it, it's going to, you know, it will be hush-hush and it'll be the big surprise. Does he belong in Black Panther? Probably not. Could he make you a know, cameo? Mm. Could we see a frozen body? Yeah. Could we see the containment uh, unit with, without even and just a silhouette of a body? Absolutely. But you know, un- unless you're going to defrost him, there's no reason to have him in the movie. No, I mean, I, I, I do agree. I do agree with you. Know, I don't. I don't necessarily think that he needs to be in Black Panther for the sake of the script or to tie it to anything because Black Panther, we've seen him, he's established mm-hmm. now. He was in Civil War, everyone knows who he is. He's got a good setup for his own movie, he doesn't, he doesn't need this tie. Um, however, they do need to reference the fact that like, Winter Soldier's there. And well, Cap was there with him as well, mm-hmm. for one. So I don't. they need to reference that as well. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't. I don't think we'll see Chris Evans in the movie as Captain America. So, do need to reference the fact that he's gone away somewhere uh, to do whatever he's doing, and they need to also reference the fact that Bucky's there because the it has also been confirmed that the events of Black Panther take place immediately after Civil War. Okay, now that's news. Um, And Anne kind of throws out my idea for what the after credit scene could have been, because the after credit scene could have been them defrosting uh, Bucky. Well, I mean, it still could be. It could. It still could be, but it would seem that um, they didn't really. If they were that close to doing a cure, why would they put him on ice anyways? You know, if they could have done it within a couple of weeks. 
this was this was something where it seemed like it they did not have an answer and they didn't see one coming in the near near future and put them back in the refrigerator until uh they could do something he got walt disney'd <laughs> yeah hey this I mean, is a disney add. movie right <laughs> They they could uh, they could find something during the course of this movie though that enables them to break his programming. They could. You know, maybe P- pass. Uh, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to come up with a cure. They're going to mm-hmm. defrost him. Uh, and then uh, as soon as soon as the ice, you know, the the dry ice and smoke clears. Uh, all of a sudden, you're going to hear, Hi, boys and girls! Welcome to, welcome to Disney World! This is Mickey Mouse! <laughs> and God. it's going to be Walt Disney! Okay. Woo-hoo! It, it, it. <laughs> Here's my theory of what happens. Um, at the end of this movie, Doctor Strange shows up and uses his mystical abilities to fix. I like my idea it. better. <laughs> my idea is more realistic. But yeah, so he's returning for Infinity War, as we kind of expected he would. Yeah, well, I, you need 67 characters. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that might get cut down if they're doing it in one movie now. I, you know, I, I fully expect there will be a, there'll be, what is it, Amy Poehler as Squirrel Girl in, in Infinity War. I think it's Anna Kendrick they've been talking about. All that, right, yeah. all right, yeah, I can't, what's the difference? Amy Poehler, Anna Kendrick, yeah, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Spider-Man: Homecoming news. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about about this for for a few weeks now. Um, it has been now confirmed that the Tinkerer is going to be in the movie. Okay. And he's going to be played by Michael Chernis. And do we know him from anywhere? Uh, he's in Orange is the New Black. He plays uh, the main character, Piper's brother, in that series. Although I don't think you've seen that, so no. that's where I know him from. Yep. <laughs> he's also been in Captain Phillips, Aloha, Born Legacy. Okay. He doesn't look like my tinkerer. I think it is usually like a kind of older, older yeah, weedy looking guy. Well, but, that would have been obviously like they've got that would have been another good Michael Keaton Vulture. role. Yeah, but he's playing the Vulture 100 yeah. percent now. So, um, so he's going to be outfitting the Vulture, uh, building his suit with recovered Chitauri tech from the Battle of New York. Hmm. Which is cool because it ties them all together. It's all connected, as they say. There we go. All the movies are connected. <laughs> TV shows. Fun. Yeah, all the movies are 100% connected. Yeah. TV says, so ah, screw them. <laughs> okay, so moving on to uh, Marvel TV stuff. Uh, first of all, we have... Uh, the only thing that connects the Marvel Cinema... <laughs> no, no, no. I, I've just come to this realization, Andy. The only thing that connects mm-hmm. the Marvel movie cinematic universe with the Marvel television universe 
You know what it is? The word Marvel? No. This podcast, <laughs> Agents of Shield cast. We are what <laughs> connect the cinematic uni- the movies to the television shows. We're the only ones who okay. care. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We still care. Yes. <laughs> okay, so Agents of Shield news. Uh Parmander Nigra has joined the cast of season four of Agents of Shield. Right. She is gonna be playing Yep. Go, oh, who, tell us who okay. she's playing and where we know her from. Well, they haven't announced her character name, but she is going to be playing a powerful political figure who is outspoken in her distrust of inhumans and the threat they pose to society. Sounds like several other characters we've seen in the last couple of seasons. Well, could, yeah, and could she be... Did, did, actually, I think he's been in the X-Men movies. Uh, uh, Henry Peter Guyrich? Didn't he be, wasn't he... Uh, um, he became part of the. He's Sentinel. an X Men. Yeah. But he didn't I'm start. Sure he was he originally was the Avengers liaison to the government. Yeah, but I'm sure he's an X Men like universe character. So I'm pretty sure it's a new character. This one. All right. And a I, I, I totally human character. It should be noted as well. So she's going to make her debut in episode three of season four. So hopefully we get some good in human storylines again, or a good in human storyline for once. Yeah, I guess season two's in human storyline. It was good for a while. I thought it kind of fell apart at the end when mom went crazy. Mm. Mm. So, um, by the way, some just ABC just, executive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> we're cutting each other off. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, (laughs) just, uh, where are they in a sort of a, where are they now segment? Uh, both, um, Dottie and Sky's mom are members of the cast of the last ship this, uh, season. Okay. Uh, Dottie has actually both have a fairly major role. So, I mean, did. Station Lackman you know, like shows yeah. up everywhere. That's yeah, Sky's mom. <laughs> yeah, that's Sky's. She's mom. in like every show. <laughs> well, usually she, she's in something from the Whedon verse, but because uh, J- Joss really digs her, but um, yeah, the I, I like her. I remember her from Neighbors. I don't know if I ever saw Neighbors, but uh, she. It's an Australian. It's an Australian TV oh, show. Okay. <laughs> it used to be on here like when I got home from school. And I used to always watch it. But, um, yeah, Bridget Regan, I believe is her name. Uh, she's like, uh, has a huge role in this, this season's last ship, which is a good show if you get a chance to watch it. And I've recommended it before, I believe. So. Cool. All right. Okay, so um, ABC has uh, a new president. Uh, Channing Dungy, this guy's name is, and he was uh, talking at the uh, Television Critics Association Summer Press Tour. I believe about she's, how it's Marvel... a she. Yeah. Oh, I it's believe... a she? Okay, yeah, yeah. right, okay. Channing is... <laughs> yeah. I'd just assume Channing so. Tatum, it must be a man. I okay. think well, she's a she. <laughs> he or she. 
okay, he or she, <laughs> let's go with she, uh, was talking to press at the uh, about re- about how they're reevaluating their approach to Marvel television dramas. Oh yes, yeah. it's been so long since we've done a show. I forgot half of these stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's what's her so, uh, last name? A dungly, dungly, a donkey. Got her, Dungey. D u n g e y. Yeah, Dungey and Dungey. <laughs> so basically, she said that they all came to an agreement that the next show that they wanted to do it together is something that is as creatively strong as it can be, and uh, she was asked if uh, ABC might try to replicate like the Netflix model. To which she replied, that's an interesting question, and we have talked a little bit about that, yes. I don't know what that means. So, uh, to, to me, I would say that kind of means that they want to make like an interconnected television Marvel universe, which I am absolutely all for. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, it might be, sep- might be slightly separate from the Netflix shows, maybe slightly separate from the movies, but if they can intertwine all the things together, like... As we we talk about this often, like Flash and Arrow and the whole Arrowverse and Supergirl and Constantine and all that sort of stuff, Legends of Tomorrow, all those things coming together, it's awesome. Like the crossovers between those shows are really cool. So to get to see something like that in our universe would be, I'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. I and obviously we didn't I, think I, that was going to happen with the Most Wanted, but now yeah. that I didn't go to show, I I don't know. I I just. I guess I don't trust her, is the best way to put it. Uh, it sounds like, well, I mean, she came in. Uh, there were a lot of shows that were considered fairly safe last season until she came in. And then, you know, like Nashville got the axe. Uh, I think Castle. Um, whatchamacallit? Uh, Marvel's Most Wanted got the axe. Um, so I just, I don't know. I mean, she might not, she might not be drinking the superhero Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, we know there's a couple of like remote shows that are in development. Uh, one of them is supposedly the Miss Marvel show, which I would love to see. Uh, then there's obviously the damage control show. And then there's supposedly a second unnamed Marvel comedy also in development. I mean, I don't necessarily want to see comedies to be totally honest but like miss marvel i'd love to see miss marvel show one's this gotta be squirrel girl i guarantee you they're gonna do a Kamala fucking Khan. squirrel girl oh mate it probably would be wouldn't it i mean maybe if it's only 20 minutes it wouldn't be too bad <laughs> or like well ha- the half hour 20 minutes after the adverts yeah i don't know see i i mean i they have to be careful they need a hit hmm. and you know we yes we've gotten f- four seasons of agents of shield but it's on life support at the very least hell they may have already called the priest on this one it may be dead after this season but um hmm. i just yeah you, they need a strong property and they haven't done that on t- they haven't done that on network television yet and we we talk it seems like we talk about this every week so i don't want to beat a dead horse but um i just and you know now you have a new president who comes in looks at the numbers 
uh, axes Agent Carter, which we pretty much kind of knew was done, uh, puts S.H.I.E.L.D. to the death slot, and uh, doesn't have anything else in development. Well, supposedly there's things in development for Marvel, but until we see them, you know, uh, I'm not holding my breath. Nothing's been announced. Can they do it? Absolutely. Uh, can they do it well? They they got they while they can look at the Netflix uh, model, which has you know obviously done well. Uh, I think they what they need to look at is the CW and DC model over there. I think that's uh, that shows you how it's done right. Yeah, and I mean that's that's a like brand that's only growing as yeah. the years go by. I mean, they started small with Arrow, added Flash, and it's only got bigger since then. I, I read an I saw an interesting story uh, this week that this is the la- they, they didn't say this is the last year of Arrow. They said this is the last year of flashbacks on Arrow. So that says to me, you know, because some people have been wondering, which is um, yeah. flashbacks are terrible. So, <laughs> it, yes, I know. Uh, by the way, I heard there might be a new episode of Starling City up this week or something. There is, yes, yes. Starling City Radio has uh, arisen from the ashes. I believe they actually they put up their uh, Batman versus Superman uh, spoiler cast. Okay, they recorded a couple of months ago. Finally. And they actually recorded a new episode as well. Wow. I, so, yeah. I think I just pulled them out of my uh, subscription feed like a couple of weeks ago, too, saying, oh, this is never coming back. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I thought that as well. <laughs> but no, back. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, Netflix is doing things right and you know obviously we're we're about to talk about more Daredevil which was great this week but uh I think when you look at network TV I think you got to look at Arrow and Flash and uh they they have they have the secret formula whether you want to say they're a secondary network or not and that you know that the numbers are uh, probably not up to the main network standard. Still remains that uh, they they have a huge loyal following, and they're able to put four shows a four comic book shows a week on a on network TV. Yeah, and, and I mean like Flash. Flash is really really good. Like anyone that, yeah. that's listening that hasn't watched it, you need to watch it. It's brilliant. And that that's forty percent of their entire broadcasting schedule is uh, <laughs> D, is DC comic book shows. Fifty if you throw fifty <laughs> percent if you throw in iZombie. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> which is also a good show. Yeah, I like iZombie. So, all right. What else you got? Any more okay. news? Well, we've got some Shield news. I it think. just. Uh, yeah, just one or two bits and pieces. I, I don't know if I, I don't think I have any more Shield news. Do you have Shield news? Oh no, we we already did it. Uh, was there anything new on? No, I don't think there was. All right, never mind. I'm just talking out of my okay, ass. Okay, but I, yeah, <laughs> but I do have uh, Netflix news. So um, first of all, 
there was a little interview that went up with uh, Melissa Rosenberg, who is the showrunner for Jessica Jones, and she's also involved with the Defenders. And basically, she is talking about the development of Jessica Jones and how she's going to obviously she's going to be in the Defenders and how she's been talking back and forward about characters that they could potentially introduce in the Defenders and then spin them out into Jessica Jones Season 2, which is a cool thought, for mm-hmm. one. And she also mentioned that... Uh, she, she was also asked about Hellcat and if uh, Trish was going to set up as Hellcat in the series. So she said that... Basically, she said maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't want to like, spoil it, and I don't maybe, want them to spoil you. it. You know? Yeah. I hope she does though. I, I think it'd be it'd be really cool to see her set up as Elka. And she clearly wants to, like the the character in the show clearly wants to be involved in, in all the superhero shenanigans. Definitely. So Okay, so uh, we did also get a new trailer for Luke Cage. Okay. And what did this one show? This one actually was a much better trailer than the first one. Now, did did you get a chance to see this one? I don't think I've. I, I think I saw it on the on the phone. I didn't sit down and watch it on a big screen. No. Okay, so in this one, we do see a few more uh, tip bits. Like first of all, we see we see Claire, and we see Luke saving Claire from being run over by a car by like standing in front of it and crushing the car. Okay. Which was co- which is mm-hmm. cool to see. Yep. We, we also yes, saw see uh, a man. And yeah, we also saw a man break his knuckles <laughs> by trying to punch Luke Cage. <laughs> it was such, it was actually, it's really cool because you see it in like slow motion. This guy's hand just crumpling as it like impacts mm. with his skull, <laughs> which was awesome. And and yeah, we also saw like a little bit of a teaser for Luke Cage's origin, where when he comes out of it's like a, it's kind of like a, a. A water tank type thing, like if you remember in the Wolverine movies, when Wolverine pops out of the uh, adamantium and he's all raging and he's got like tubes attached to him and stuff like that. It's kind of like that, but with this one, Luke Cage is like he's topless and he has metal like uh, gauntlets on his arms. Okay, and cool. That's he has because he, he has, does. Yeah, and he has even better than that. He has the fucking helmet. Thing the tiara <laughs> on his head, <laughs> awesome. Which I was like, oh, oh, I'm sold. <laughs> like uh, such a better like trailer than the one they put out Comic Con. Brilliant! It looks, it looks so good. So, so they they are going to go into his origin and show all that. And... Mm-hmm. So I can't, I can't wait to see it. We're about a month away from from that. So we'll do, we'll do an episode. Uh, oh, before that comes out, we're going to look Cage Primer. <laughs> Five <laughs> podcasts a week. <laughs> I, no, no, no. The wife will not allow that, Randy. Trust me. <laughs> no. Not sure she's happy about three. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a really cool trailer. If you've not got a chance to see it, yeah, definitely check it out. Look, uh, Looks really cool. Awesome. And 
I have one final piece of news for you, Chip, and this is, again, related to Netflix, and this is a, a bit of a rumour. But uh, according to uh, Bleeding Cool and their sources, uh, Marvel has recently wrapped production on four pilot shots which are to be put forward as possibilities for Netflix shows down the line. Now, three of these are a mystery at the moment. I, I would like to postulate that one of them will be Moon Knight. Obviously, we know Punisher is going to be one, but that's probably not included in these because that's confirmed. So you've probably got... Although, they could be probably shot a Punisher one. So let's say Punisher's one, Moon Knight, probably one. I think Blade will be the other one. But the one that they do have uh, the heavy rumour on is White Tiger. I know we've talked about uh, him before, and Jessica Jones actually made a reference to him, I think, in uh, an episode. Well, yeah, well, White Tiger's actually a, a female in, the, in this this one. Okay. Um, I think this is a more recent uh, White Tiger, which is the name of uh, Angela Del Toro is her name. And I think that's the name that was mentioned by Jessica Jones. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, cool. <laughs> White Tiger. Would you watch a White Tiger show? I'll, I'll watch anything. I'm kind of contractually obligated to watch anything Marvel. <laughs> um, but, yep. yeah, why, I mean... I certainly would check it out. I mean, I have not been the biggest Netflix uh, support. I, I don't want to say supporter, or just I'm not somebody that really watched all that much Netflix before the Marvel stuff started coming out. Um, and you know, beyond the Marvel stuff, the first Netflix series that I've watched that isn't Marvel would be Stranger Things, which is awesome, by the way. Um, and everybody should be checking that out. And no, I'm not starting a podcast on it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, they haven't put out a bad series yet, you know, especially the Marvel stuff. So, uh, you know, until that happens, I'm def I definitely would check it out. Besides, I'd have to do an episode. I'd have to yeah, do I mean, episodes with you, right? Well, of course, naturally. But uh, it's not a character that I'm too familiar with in the, in the comic books. But I'm sure she was in the Spider-Man, the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. She's been. She or he has been around in various incarnations over the years. Hmm. The, uh, the this Angela Del Toro. The version she is uh, was an ex FBI agent mm -hmm. and the niece of the original White Tiger. I remember you and I doing a a wiki search and talking about her in the past. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, so we'll see what happens about these about these four pilot shots. I'd love to see them. Like mm -hmm. put them out. Like uh, Amazon did this thing a while back where they like they put out. Uh, a bunch of pilots and people could go and vote for them and basically the ones that got watched and voted for the most ended up getting made into series so that's how you ended up with uh, the man in the high castle i think it was and mm -hmm. there's one or two other ones i forget where they were but uh like i hear netflix could absolutely go it. yeah like i've only watched the first episode and it's something that the wife tells me all the time like yeah we need to watch that but i'm like yeah we need to 
watch Gotham first. So <laughs> we're watching Gotham first. <laughs> and you got to catch up on your Supergirl before the season. Yeah, um, she, the wife is not interested in that, so I'll be watching that on my own. I need to catch up on Arrow as well, though. Like, okay. I'm way behind the Arrow. So. All right. So that's all the news that I had. That's enough, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's plenty. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we get into this week's so, episode? Yeah, Jesus, we're already almost yes. an hour in. Yes. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you, ha- when you go... Three days. <laughs> oh, that's, that's that's true. Next uh, Wednesday's episode will be fucking short. We'll have no I have, news. I have an article to talk about on Wednesday. There'll be no news, but I'll have an article for us to talk about. Oh, goody. <laughs> I'm teasing it now. <laughs> okay, so uh, Daredevil Season 2, Episode 8, which was called Guilty as Sin. So, if you remember, uh, the last episode uh, was... Daredevil and Elektra standing over the hole and Matt just, uh, Daredevil just dropped the flashlight, wasted a flashlight by throwing down a hole. So this flashlight eventually comes to the bottom and we find out that it was, the hole's about 40 stories deep. That is a huge hole. That would a huge be, hole. yeah, that's about 400 feet. Yes, <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> that. I mean, that's going to have impacts on the surrounding buildings for sure. Like, how that building is still standing, like, I don't know. I'm not going to get into the civil engineering of it with you, Andy, but there, okay. there's there's ways to shore it up. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> okay, so uh, they have an Electra, then get ambushed by some guys with no heartbeats. Um, Electra tells Daredevil to focus on the weapons so that he can fight them, basically. Uh, and amongst this, uh, they, it's quite a cool fight scene, actually. Um, they're basically these ninjas that come and attack them with uh, swords and nunchucks and throwing stars and, and the like. And in amongst this, uh, Electra gets stabbed when it, she's basically about to kill one of the guys with one of their weapons. And Daredevil tells her not to kill them. And she sort of hesitates and then gets stabbed. There's Daredevil holding her back again. Yep. <laughs> and uh, him the, and his goddamn Daredevil morals. Kinda... <laughs> Daredevil keeps fighting them, obviously, uh, but he does eventually like get grabbed by them, and basically they're about to kill Daredevil when none other than Stick shows up and cleans house with these guys killing a couple of them and chopping one of the guy's hands off. Which was pretty badass. I love Stick. Yes. <laughs> and, like, he looks more ripped than we mm. he did the last time we see him. He's a fucking tank. Like, for a kind of skinny old man, yep. he's really built. <laughs> uh, so he, he says to Matt and Electra, oh, so, so who wants to get out of here? <laughs> so, uh, Stick and his driver... Uh, with Daredevil and Elektra flee from these ninjas uh, in a car, whilst the ninjas chase them on foot. Uh, they're basically heading to Matt's place, whilst uh, Stick shoots at the ninjas with a crossbow. Pretty awesomely, because he's just—he's so nonchalant about it. He's just like reloading the crossbow and then just like 
points it somewhere, fires it, and it kills a guy. <laughs> you just you wouldn't think that it would work, but it totally does. Yeah, especially from a blind guy in a car shooting b- behind his back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so they get back to Matt's place, and we uh, discover that Electra's been poisoned, and her heart is skipping beats. Um. Stick says to Matt, uh, do you want to talk or save your girlfriend? Matt doesn't correct him because Electra's not his girlfriend. Uh, we see that uh, some of the veins on Electra's neck are turning black, obviously because of the poison, which this is some fast-acting poison, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this has been maybe like 15 minutes since she got stabbed and already her veins are turning black. Wow. It's the dark matter poison. From uh, (laughs) from uh, this season of uh, Peggy. Okay, yeah, (laughs) that's the stuff that uh, turned uh, Madame Mask all scary. Okay. Oh yeah, the Venom symbiote. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Alexis. She's got the Venom serum pumping through her. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, she says to Matt that she's sorry that she didn't tell him. Still doesn't tell him. Um, and Matt puts her into his bed and Stick shoves some pliers into her belly and it looks like he pulls something out, so I assume it's the tip of the, the knife that she got stabbed with. But Probably. it's kind of unclear from the, the way they shot it. Yeah. Um, and he then pours a potion into her belly, which is basically uh, some sort of solution of whiskey and baking powder and some other goodies they've toilet bowl cleaner toilet bowl cleaner yeah to- it was toilet pouring bowl any cleaner. Old chemicals <laughs> yeah that's that was that pouring any old chemicals into her to try and get rid of the poison flush it out and uh meanwhile he makes matt make tea <laughs> so get him busy him, just just you go him, away. keep him out of your hair keep him busy yep that, that's exactly what it was like mm. make me tea <laughs> okay uh, Electra's heartbeat goes steady and then she, she falls asleep. Uh, Stick reveals that he's met Electra before and Matt is uh, he's angry about this and he wants answers. So this is obviously like, this is all happening late at night. Uh, we cut to them the next morning and we see Foggy and Karen showing up for court again and once again Matt is nowhere to be found. <laughs> He's, he is really letting his uh, lawyer side go <laughs> this season. It's like, yeah, biggest court case. Ah, no, I don't need to go. They have a reason to be pissed because, yeah, he is really le- he's really just uh, letting them down. Yep, yep. In most jobs, you would get fired for this. <laughs> but I suppose he is like one of the owners or the, the partners, so you can't you can't really fire. His partner, but yeah, they are—they're not happy with him. It'll be interesting, and obviously, you've seen the end of the season as to whether or not mm. Nelson and Murdoch actually survives uh, this season, or do they, yeah. or do they break up at the end of the season? Which had yeah. has happened from time to time in the comic book. And, and I mean, from Foggy's point of view, it's totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of Matt has let him down, even so far this this series. And I mean, he did let last season as well, but he'd kind of come to terms with it. But the fact that he's let him down again and again and again this mm-hmm. series, just pretty much at every single possible opportunity. Yeah, like 
if I was foggy, I, I would probably be cutting ties with him. Like, I'd be like, there's no way I can stay in a law firm like with you at this point. Like, go away. I would just be myself. So we see uh, Colonel Ray Schoonover taking a stand. And, and he tells uh, the story about how Frank won the Navy Cross. Uh, well, the part that is not classified, at least. Uh, basically, uh, Frank's unit got cut off, and the officer that was in charge of the unit got his arm blown off, so Frank took charge. Uh, the enemy had blocked the only landing zone for the helicopters to extract them and basically set up a trap at it because they knew that the uh, Marines would have to go there to extract, basically. Uh, Frank took it upon himself and went to the landing zone alone and took out all 32 enemies by himself, killed them all, uh, saved all his men in the process, including the idiot officer who got them trapped. And he, also, he then says that Lieutenant Frank Castle is a hero. Hero? And in his opinion, he should have been given the Medal of Honor, which I think is like the highest military yep. uh, like decoration. So uh, Reyes then uh, cross-examines the witness, and she tries to kind of pick a hole in his story, saying that, well... In her experience, like from her dad who was in the military, uh, the only people who know the story behind the medals are people who were there. Uh, Colonel Schoonover is like, well, if I wasn't being clear, the idiot officer in charge was me. <laughs> and, he's, and she's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> no more questions. That's it. Damn it. And he, he says that he thanks God every day that he only lost his arm. Obviously, she didn't know this because all the names and they, they read this the file about his military experience and whatnot, but all the names were redacted, so they didn't know that this Colonel Schoonover was there. So, yeah, that's a pretty big kind of win for uh, Nelson and Murdoch at this point. Like, th this backs up all the story and whatnot, and but, Definitely for the first time they've had a win here. Yeah, yeah. it's very short lived because yeah, it's very short -lived. about thirty seconds later, uh, somebody uh, somebody in the courtroom who uh, apparently ha is the son of somebody the Punisher uh, shot to hell starts screaming in the courthouse, "You killed my daddy!" Right in front of the jurors. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before so before we get to that point though uh, we do get uh, Matt and Stick having the conversation and Stick finally explains to Matt what the war is all about and now we've obviously heard him talking about this through season 1 and it hasn't really been talked about in season 2 at all yet because this is the first time we've seen Stick this season mm -hmm. and he's he'd always been very vague about what the war was and like he was tra always training Matt for this war and whatnot, but basically this uh, war is uh, all the stuff that's been happening recently, like the stuff to do with Roxxon and Electra and this hole and whatnot, is all to do with the war. Um, he says the war is centuries old, and basically one group that was uh, one group that was a bunch of warriors basically found immortal immortality. Basically, they were able to bring the dead back to life, and. Uh, Matt's kind of like, don't be ridiculous. 
But Stickland points out that his whole belief system, like Matt's a Catholic, hinges on one guy pulling this <laughs> this particular feat off. Which is like, okay, well, fair enough. You know, like the fact that Matt found it ridiculous, I thought it was quite funny. Nicely played, Stick. Nicely played. Yep. <laughs> so uh, this group that found immortality killed their masters and grew in size and power and gave themselves a name, which was... Yaminotti, which means the hand. The hand is here, Chip. Yes, they are. The hand is here. Give him a hand. You didn't think the hand was going to come into it. Yeah. Sorry. And you didn't think the hand was going to come into it until until the defenders, Chip. So the hand is here. It's real. I think it was quite obvious when we saw those ninjas earlier on in the episode. Mm -hmm. Like, these were hand ninjas. The hand, he's oh, a off, the, like, the, the, the hand has been mentioned already this season. Because, uh, well, yeah, it's been referenced. Yeah, because the the guy, uh, the accountant, uh, mentioned to uh, he says, you know, I've always been a, a loyal supporter of the hand. And uh, the guy said... Oh, he said the Yakuza. Oh, the Yakuza, that's right. Who said I'm Yakuza? Yeah. And the guy said that, oh, I'm I'm not... He said I'm not Yakuza, like the the guy that he was working for. Right. The, the accountant said I've always been a lot of support of the Yakuza. And the guy's like, who said I'm Yakuza? That's right, you're so right. So it's, it was obviously like he wasn't... It, they weren't the Yakuza, but we didn't know who they were. So it's now officially revealed. Mm -hmm. It's the hand that's been behind all this all along. So Stick reveals that the hand's goal is not money or power. Well, power, yeah. But uh, their ultimate goal is weapons. And uh, they want to get or have this thing called a black sky, which is it's like an 084. No one knows what it is <laughs> or what it does because they've never activated one. However, the hand has made one mistake. Uh, they made enemies. Uh, specifically, they made an enemy of a kid whose mum they killed when they were butchering a village. And this kid managed to kill a load of them, like some of their best warriors and whatnot. Uh, this kid was uh, sort of nicknamed the Chaste. And he grew up and rounded up a bunch of warriors to fight the hand. Bunch of badasses, I think he, is, he calls them. And Matt's like, let me guess, you're the Chaste in this fairy tale. Stick's like, well, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he also says to Matt. Yeah. Well, I mean, Matt really does not like Stick. No. Like, I mean, I, th I think he respects him for like his abilities and whatnot, like um, his fighting ability and stuff, but he doesn't like his methods at all. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, Dick tells him to kill, die, or sit on your ass and watch Hill's Kitchen burn. <laughs> and he also reveals that Electra has been working for Stick all along. Dun, dun, dun. Matt's not happy about this. No, not at all. So um, back at the trial, we see an expert witness who is like a an expert on the brain, basically. Uh, he reveals that Frank was shot execution style in the head, and he, there's a lot of like 
big medical words that I didn't know what they meant. <laughs> and, uh, but he does mention there's a sympathetic storming, and basically this is that he relives this the trauma of this happening over and over again, and it's uh, an instance of extreme emotional disturbance. And Foggy asks him, well, because of, like if he is affected by this EED, as they call it, uh, can he premeditate a crime? And basically the answer is no, because essentially because he's reliving this trauma over and over, all his crimes would be termed as crimes of passion. And it is at this point that the, the young guy in the gallery has an outburst saying that Frank killed his dad and you're trying to get him off and all this sort of stuff. Now, the jury gets told by the judge to ignore this, but that's going to have a kind of lasting effect on them regardless because you can't forget that. You can't even, unhear it. Even though you've been told to. Yeah, you can't unhear it. Um, they have like a, a recess and Frank talks to Karen and he, feels, he obviously feels bad about the fact that he's killed this kid's dad. <clears throat> and Karen asks him to take the stand because basically it's the only way that they're going to be able to get out of this at this point. And he agrees. Uh, she tells Foggy about this, and Foggy's like, why are we even representing this guy again? <laughs> and uh, Foggy's like, well, okay, yeah, it's because Foggy thinks that he's batshit crazy. Which he kind of is. However, Foggy wants Matt to do the questioning of Frank. And... and uh, not Peggy. Uh, Karen is doesn't seem very uh, keen on this because Matt has done dick this entire trial. <laughs> yeah, he's done. He's done nothing. I mean, uh, she's like, "Well, you should just follow through. You've been doing great so far. Keep going." And he's like, "No, no, no. Matt's the perfect guy for this." And this is obviously because Matt knows kind of the inside out of it Matt, because Matt's Foggy knows that Matt is daredevil. Yep, and he knows that. He, Matt has more has had more dealings with Frank and knows how to get the best answers out of him, basically more so than Foggy does, which is absolutely fair enough. But you can't tell Karen that. And Karen's like, "What? You're crazy! You want this guy who can't even be bothered to show up to do to ask the questions? Crazy!" But yeah, so she reluctantly agrees and goes to get him. Whoops! Now, meanwhile, yeah, <laughs> meanwhile, Electra reveals to Matt that. He was a mission um, because obviously she's been working for Stick the whole time since she met him and Stick had sent her to Matt on a mission to bring him back to Stick because <laughs> Stick wanted him back. But Matt's got the puppy dog eyes and he asks her to leave Stick and be with him and fight the war with him his way. Oh, so cute. <laughs> So naive. But, yeah, kind of is, yeah. And she kind of points us out, being like, yeah, there was always so much light in you, and I'm so glad you haven't got rid of that. And you're like, well, come on, Matt. Like, <laughs> how many times has she lied to you and, and broken your heart and all that sort of shit, you know? But anyway, at this point, Karen arrives to find Electra in Matt's bed <laughs> and stick just there casually cutting an apple <laughs> oh no he opens the door wide so karen can see uh electra in matt's bed i mean 
he was a. I mean, Stick is a dick. There is no doubt about it. But he, you know, he opened oh, yeah. the door instead of getting Matt uh, and you know discreetly. He opens the door wide so Karen can see Electra in Matt's bed. It's clearly deliberate, like because mm-hmm. I mean, he wants to break up this like oh, Matt yeah. and Electra. He wants to break up Matt and Electra. He, he like- wants. Matt uh, to become a, a one of his warriors, you know, basically, you know, no uh, human emotion, human attachment. Karen would be another obstacle or distraction. Yes, absolutely. So when Karen obviously sees that Electra's in Matt's bed, she's like, "What the what the fuck?" And she's a bit taken aback by it. And Matt's kind of like, "It's not what it seems." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh." Oh my god! Like, <laughs> how many people have tried to say this when, when this has happened to them? Oh, uh, it's just, yeah, it's not gonna go well for you. But yeah, she's just like, yeah, Foggy needs your help, and then leaves. <laughs> Awkward. Awkward. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't even get really give her a chance to say it now. Oh she's no! Like, Foggy oh your no, help. no! No! Bye. No! <laughs> well, I mean, she's basically. I mean. Uh, she's basically just had her heart ripped out because mm-hmm. she thought there was something between her and Matt. They did have that a couple of cute dates and, uh, you know, th- thought that there this was the beginning of something. And then you show up at your boyfriend's apartment and there's some other girl in, in his bed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how could he? How could he explain that? Do you know the only saving factor is the fact that Stick is there? Because I mean, why would some old guy be like there if he's banging this girl? <laughs> it just well, it doesn't she, add up. She thought he was into some weird sex club thing. She even says it. <laughs> yeah, I think she said Fight Club. Like she said Fight Club. That but... too. <laughs> but yeah, which I mean, she could surely put two and two together. And realized that he's fucking daredevil. Like she's a clever, clever get, a uh, clever woman. So she should be able to work this out. Eventually, the, the, mm. right now uh, there's probably a little bit too emotion, too much emotion going mm. through her. Understandably. Plus the fact that he's blind. I mean, you just wouldn't think that somebody yeah. who's blind would be able to pull off those moves. Right. So the next morning, Matt does finally arrive at court, even though he's a little bit late. And uh, Karen, again, Karen just fobs him off. He's like, Karen, I need to talk to you. And she's like, no, talk to Foggy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. You're fucked. <laughs> yep. And so Foggy kind of catches Matt up on what's been happening and like how he's set everything up for Matt to go in and just like knock it out of the park with Frank and his uh, inside dealings with Frank as uh, Daredevil will help him to get the right questions across and whatnot. So uh, Frank gets called to the stand and uh, Matt overhears one of the bailiffs saying, think about what you want, Frank. And Matt's like, oh, why did he say that? What? What does he mean? So Matt questions him uh, as kind of instructed by Foggy and asks him about the day that his family was killed. 
and Frank kind of doesn't. He doesn't. He's not forthcoming with the answers at all. So Matt, instead of going off of Foggy's kind of way of thinking, instead goes into his vigilante way of thinking and says that Frank is the kind of man that the city needs, and that we need men and women who risk their lives to help regular people, and that we need heroes. Which the the gallery of people watching on like cheers, <laughs> like yeah, we do. We need heroes. Uh, he also says uh, Frank wanted to help, but he took it too far. And um, basically, he doesn't know the difference between right and wrong anymore. Uh, he needs help, and basically, no further questions. Which would have been all fine and well if Frank Castle didn't have a little speech that he wanted to say. Uh, the judge allows him to speak, and basically, he says that the people he killed, he'd do it all again. He's not crazy at all. He is totally sane and of his right mind. He knows exactly what he did, and he does not need their help. And he says that he killed them because he loved it, and he would do it again. And he says, "So did you, you get a whole Hogan vibe I am from the this? I got a, a little whole... bit, yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it, it maybe bad, even um, who, who, uh, Captain Lou Albano. If you want to even go a mm. little further back with uh, the wrestling references." Yeah, Captain Lou. It kind of reminded me of like a Captain Lou speech. I know that's too old for you. See it? <laughs> I'm like, whoosh! No way, do that. <laughs> he was all right. Uh, mid to late '80s when WrestleMania started getting really big. He was, I think, he was a manager of the mm-hmm. villain team. And I don't know, maybe they, like, somebody on his team, uh, I think it was like, I don't know, the Iron Sheik or something, uh, or Rod- Rod- Rowdy Roddy Piper punched oh, Cindy yeah, Lauper. <laughs> and, you know, Hulk came to her <laughs> rescue. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking, what, 30-something years ago now. Um, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was... Uh, you know, he, he he was a heel, you know, uh, a, a, mm. one of the bad guy, uh, a bad wrestler, a bad guy, a villain wrestler. And uh, but he, he kind of had kind of the same type of gave the, the t- same type of speech that uh, the Punisher pulled off here. It felt like he was channeling Captain Lou Albano. I know. I just lost our entire audience, so I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he gets dragged out of court. And he's he's shouting, uh, "Yeah, I'm guilty. I plead guilty." Blah blah blah. And I'm guilty. Guilty uh, yeah, as sin. Gets, yep, he gets dragged away, and it like he it's him kind of coming out as the Punisher, like he's referencing to himself mm. as the Punisher, which I thought was quite cool. And yeah, I mean, he's admitting to all his crimes, but I mean, he does kind of have a point because, like, he—I mean, it's not necessarily that he loved doing it, right? But he did kill these people for good reasons, and like, he feels that he's justified in those reasons, and like all the psycho babble and stuff that they've been putting out. Like, he's like, no, fuck all that stuff. I killed them because they were bad people. End of. Which is basically the Punisher's whole mantra. Mm-hmm. So Nelson and Murdoch obviously lose the trial. 
Uh, Karen also says that she's done with Matt and she and Foggy leave without Matt <laughs> getting a chance to explain himself, which is fair enough. Uh, back at Matt's place, Electra's kind of up and about a little bit and she tells Stick that she wants to leave him for Matt to be with him. And Stick's like, yeah, you're going soft, don't be silly, just go back to sleep for a bit. But she's like, no, no, get out and slaps him and tells him to leave. And he does say to her, what do you think he'll say when he finds out what you are? Which I wasn't quite sure what uh, he was talking about there, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, and he, she just tells him to get out. So stick in his driver, uh, then leave. And is it, it, it's quite, I thought it was quite funny. Like His driver never came into the apartment at all. But he was like just there in the car. So do you think he's just been sitting outside in the car the whole time? Like for what? A day? <laughs> oh, who knows? We're not supposed to think about I mean, things like he... that, Andy. <laughs> What's he been doing? Like, has he been sitting there? How he must have had to pee in that time. Where did he go to pee? <laughs> like, is he was he not hungry? Like, did he not? He didn't have any food with him. Like, did he go get a McDonald's? What did he do? <laughs> but yeah, he's just sitting there on stack comes. He's just like, an okay. Uber driver. But stack says something. Really... Just an Uber driver. Yeah, mm. stack just goes texts him. And he yeah. comes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so Stick does say something quite interesting to him and he says, let's head to the wall to get the band back together because uh, mm-hmm. he's fed up of messing around with these amateurs. So the wall, what is the wall? I have no idea. I was trying to figure that out myself. Uh, now, the Great Wall of China? Um <laughs> No, it's the wrong universe for for the Suicide Squad and Amanda Waller. <laughs> okay. Have so, you seen that yet? Um, basically, the the wall. No, I haven't got to see it. No. I I heard mixed reviews and didn't get around to seeing it. Have you Have you seen it? Was it good? Yes. Absolutely recommend. Okay. It. <laughs> we'll ba- that. Better than Batman v Superman. That's okay. setting the bar low, if, if but, you hear... but yes, yeah, it's a oh, yeah. fun movie. <laughs> Obviously, if you want to hear more about it, uh, listen to B Team Forty Two Level One or or Stalin City Radio because I believe that they've covered it there as well. And don't forget Knuckleballer Radio. I think we're doing our uh, review of it this week. Oh, cool, cool. Okay, so uh, basically, the wall is uh, the place that they chased. Uh, are look are like basically their headquarters. Um, basically, their uh, headquarters is in a remote wilderness wilderness location that could only be accessed by climbing the wall, which was a sheer cliff that's too high for the average human being to cliff to climb. And where is this wall located? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it in America? Is it in Asia? Do we know? Doesn't tell me in this article. (laughs) I have no idea. Does not say. But yeah, so the wall. (laughs) Do you know when I googled wall Marvel there, there's like a really funny picture of obviously some Z-list superhero called the wall. 
It was literally just a wall of bricks with legs. <laughs> so funny. I think they had someone like that in the Teen Titans at one point, too. Or very bizarre. If it wasn't the new Titans, it was um uh no, it was Titan. It was it was the new fifty two Titans. Yeah. Okay, so obviously Stick's going back to the wall to get his band back together of whoever that ends up being. Um now I don't think that he's referencing the defenders here, but nope. he's obviously referencing some mystical people, ninjas people that he knows. Definitely not Iron Fist, because Iron Fist is absolutely not established at this point. And not Luke Cage, because Luke Cage is not at the wall. So, don't know who he's talking about. Uh, we do see that uh, one of the hand ninjas watches him leave. Uh, we then see Matt returning home. Uh, he finds that Stick is gone, and Elektra is still in his bed. And she says that she basically wants to make a go of it with him. And he's like, yay, I've just been dumped, but I've got a replacement right here. It's all good. <laughs> and he tells her to rest. Like, when we'll sort the rest out later. Cool. However, when he uh, le- leaves the, uh, the the bedroom and kind of goes to obviously settle down on the couch for the night, this hand ninja, who has been waiting in, in his apartment, shoots him twice <laughs> with a bone arrow and then attacks him. And this Electra is a great tries to help, fight. But yeah. Electro kind of tries to help him, but gets knocked down. And then they have like an awesome fight where the guy has like a, a samurai sword, which was it was really cool seeing him try to fight the devil with this. And the devil was just like, no, I don't, don't fight with swords. And he throws like throwing stars at him and tries all the tricks in the book and whatnot. But, uh, Matt eventually manages to overpower him and, like, gets him down on his knees and takes his mask off and he asks him, like, who he works for. And Matt, he heals his heart finally, because obviously they mask the heartbeat, but this guy is now fearing for his life and he can now hear his heartbeat, which I think is worth noting. And when he takes the guy's mask off, he realizes that this is just a kid. He's maybe He's maybe, like, 17, 18, sort of age I would guess and he's kind of threatening his uh, his bosses and whatnot. but then he realises that the guy's just a kid he's just like oh kind of shocked but at this point Electra reappears and slits his throat like pretty gruesomely to be honest Cause well, I don't, don't think there's an easy way to slit somebody's throat but well, yeah, but I mean, usually when you see somebody slit someone's throat on TV, it's like a, a, light, a light cut or like they cut away from it or something like that. But in this one, they're like, nope, deep cut right across the throat. And you see like the wound open up and everything. It was pretty gruesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt is obviously shocked by this for one. Uh, Electra's just like stand there and says, this is who I am. Do you still want me? Covered <laughs> in blood. Covered in blood. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, no. <laughs> like, you crazy bitch. <laughs> yeah, well, she's got a like insane <laughs> look on her face. She's covered she in blood. Man. I don't know. I, I, I didn't find it to be a turn on, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, me neither. 
I, I think I'd be running for the hills at this point. I'd be like, everything up to now, they could kind of come and go with. But this, like, watching you slit some kid's throat, like, right in front of me and going, do you still want me? <laughs> like, no, 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 go away. Like, I need to leave. Get out of this. This is a bad situation. I think Please we, take this body away. Yeah, I think we need to uh, reconsider this arrangement. And can I get yes. Karen back? <laughs> yeah. The safe girl. That'd be much better. Um, so, anyway... What do, you, what do you put on the card? Uh, we, gee, sorry, the other one turned out to be a real crazy bitch. Any chance we can <laughs> get back together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So yeah, we then see the uh, the Punisher getting booked into jail. Obviously, he's now been he's now guilty. Like he's and he gets put into jail, and he gets taken to uh, Gen Pop by the looks of it, by the guard who whispered to him earlier on. Uh, the prisoners that he's walking past get very rowdy because obviously these people are probably like friends or family of. The, uh, the guys that Punisher's been killing because he's killed a lot of like criminals so these people probably know at least one or two of these people that, that he's killed so they're not very happy with him so they get a bit rowdy and they throw shit at him and whatnot um, but we do see that a, one of the guards turns off the camera feeds so like oh shit like they're just going to open the doors and let these guys out and go to town on him and he's going to get killed but he gets led, either doesn't happen, and he gets led straight past that and out into the, the exercise yard where he finds someone, Chip. Yes, there, there's somebody there waiting for him in an orange jumpsuit with a bald head. Yes. None other than Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. the Kingpin, is back. He's in jail, but he's back. And he says to uh, the Punisher, I see you got my message. And that's the end of the episode. So Kingpin is back. It was unannounced. And when I saw this, it it blew my mind, to be honest. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe they brought the Kingpin back. Because I didn't think we'd see him at all. And it makes sense for him to come back in terms of like, the comic book stories and whatnot as well. Because... Kingpin doesn't matter if he's in jail. He can still orchestrate all sorts of shit. He's the kingpin. He's yeah. He's a fucking kingpin. Like regardless of where he is, he's got power. Like he's a he's a smart cookie. <laughs> so yeah, did you expect him to come back? Um. Okay. It th- this gets a little weird. Um, would I expect him to come back? Obviously, yes. I mean, he was a huge part of season one. And, yes, I always had hoped that at some point there would at least be some cameo, some reference, uh, something involving the Kingpin. So, Mm. personally, yes, I did expect it, but this actually got spoiled for me, uh, yeah, spoiled for Mm. me about uh, two or three weeks ago. I was talking with a coworker who saw Daredevil, and I said, "Well, I'm up to episode four or five. He goes, "Oh, that's about where I am. What do you? Th- so, were you blown away when the Kingpin came back? No, oh. and I'm here. Oh. Um, yeah, that didn't happen in the first five episodes. Is you sure? <laughs> and then a couple yeah, days definitely. later, he came and he apologized. He, he felt really bad. <laughs> 
He goes, oh man, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was th that much further ahead on it. Uh, I didn't mean to spoil it for you. I said, no, nah, it's all right. But <laughs> yeah, it, th that had gotten spoiled. Yeah, I mean, they did. To to be fair to Marvel and like most people like talking about the internet at the time when when the show actually came out. They did a great job of not spoiling this. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it has been months like since the show came out, so you can't really blame blame your coworker for going. Oh yeah, this is there. Uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, they, I think that the smartest thing they did with it was not putting Kingpin in the trailers at all for the show. Yeah, because I don't know if you've seen any more, but obviously he's like he he's in the next episode. You know, like clearly. I started watching the next episode. We, we kind of watched them back to back, and I fell asleep. So, as I do. As you do. As I do. So, uh, yeah, I didn't get to... I, I saw some of it. I saw... I kind of remember what uh, was kind of going on, but, yeah, I don't... I'm, I'm going to have to sit down and watch it Wednesday before we do the show, So, which is my plan. <laughs> but yeah, really cool that he came back. And when I when I saw it like happen, I I knew nothing about it. Didn't didn't know he was coming back into the series at all. And I was like, wow, I can't believe they went this way. And that's fucking awesome. And it makes sense that like Kingpin would orchestrate like Frank getting to meet him like this for whatever reason. But yeah, really cool. So we'll get to see those two interact in the next episode. So, so what did you think overall, Andy? Yeah, really good episode. I I think I would have liked to see more like court scenes, specifically with Frank and uh, and Matt interacting together in court. But you know, I think it, it worked really well as a whole. The fight scenes in this episode were really good, and yeah, the the whole like kingpin got punched at the end was like just kind of the icing on the cake for it. I think they did plenty of court for this. I mean, I understand where you're coming from with the idea of uh, more Matt and Frank, but they did what they needed to do, and I'm not sure the story would... I don't, I'm not sure the story needed anymore, especially since uh, Frank kind of sabotaged the whole trial... And uh, threw it at yeah. the end. So, did they need more? No, I think uh, the you got you basically used with with the some of the information before, but you basically have the entire Punisher origin between the court scene and what happened earlier this season. Uh, we know the entire story, and they did it in a creative way that wasn't flashbacks. Yep. The, you know, uh, it was told uh, anecdotal, anecdotally uh, throughout the first seven or eight episodes. So um, it worked, and I was more interested, you know, we're kind of moving beyond that storyline to an extent. Uh, you know, the Punisher has been caught, caught the Punisher has been convicted and you're probably setting up something very interesting at the end that will be um, I, I will be interested in seeing but at the same time I think 
and I don't know where the hand story goes this season and if that wraps up or if uh, we move back to the Kingpin and Punisher going forward. But you're setting up the Defenders storyline, I think, with hmm. the hand stuff. I, I mean, I don't know how much of that you're going to resolve, uh, whether or not... I, I still think they're going Shadowlands, and that's what the, that's what the Defenders will be. I still kind of tend to agree with you. Yes. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I did, I did like this episode overall. Uh, what did you think overall of this one? Not one of the top three. Let's put it that way. It was good. It had a good <laughs> fight. It had a. It had actually two good fight scenes because you had the fight scene at the beginning too with uh, Stick, Electra, mm. and Matt. But you also had Matt going solo at the end with an arrow sticking out of him, with Chinese throwing stars and everything mm. else thrown in there. Um, so uh, from a from uh, a fight choreography standpoint, there was a lot to like. We went back to more traditional uh, cinematography in terms of how the action was framed and filmed. We didn't go for any of the crazy uh, stairwell or hallway fights or uh, yep. behind you know the silhouette thing they did with an episode or two. We just had a straight, some straight out uh, action. Uh, we also had a great car chase scene. Which isn't something mm, we've yeah. seen in Daredevil yet. Um, Dude, I don't think I've ever seen a, like a car chase where it's a car being chased by like a bunch of people on foot like this. Yeah, <laughs> ever. Yeah. And it was really, it was really well done the way they did it. Do you know? Do you know what I really like about Stick as well? The fact that he's like really awkward when he's cutting an apple. Like you see him sitting there cutting an apple, and you, like you can tell he's blind, and it's a bit awkward for him. But then when he's like in the car, just like shooting the ninjas, he's like boom, boom, taking them out with one shot. True. Yeah, because he he was I mean, having, he was having problems with that, that apple. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's awkward. Like mm. it's very awkward. And I mean, he looked awkward shooting the crossbow as well. But I mean, he he was every cut of the apple, he was cutting a bit off, and every, every crossbow that he was every bolt he was firing was hitting hitting his target. So. Yeah. So, um, there was a lot to like. Uh, You know, you you throw in the kingpin thing, and like I said, maybe maybe I'm a little bit uh, less thrilled with the episode because that got spoiled for me, and I'm just having a grudge. (laughs) Um, But, you know, uh, it was a fun episode. I, you know, I will say that it was, it, uh, and it's moving things along. And that's what I like to see in these shows is something that's, uh, do we, uh, getting this or moving the story forward Hmm. and, and setting up things, uh, beyond this story, which is also something I really like. I'm getting excited for the defenders. Yeah, I can't wait to see the defenders. The defenders have seen like the Luke Cage tra- uh, teasers and whatnot. I can't wait to see him interact with Daredevil specifically. Well, 
the one thing, and there may be some references in there, but they were, if there are, they're more veiled, uh, is Daredevil is moving the overall story, the def- and I ref- I'm referring to the Defenders, forward. And it did it last season as well. It set up mm-hmm. some of the building blocks. You know, uh, you have Madam, was it Madam Gao, who may or may not have gone yep. to back to Kunlun. Um, so he, he, both season one and season two of Daredevil have moved, moved this, uh, hand, overall hand story forward. Jessica Jones really didn't have anything to do with it or any, uh, major references or tie-ins to, uh, the possible, the, the hand storyline. Looking back, that's ve- that's very true. Yeah, very true. I mean, she she is like a kind of very self-absorbed type of character. Yeah, a, a real, very reluctant hero. Yeah, and so I'm a little concerned that will, and may, maybe it was they just didn't really have the entire storyline together, or maybe she, she just doesn't. You know, she, she may become part of it either through Luke or. Uh, just that it's Hell's Kitchen and she's there, which is completely mm-hmm. feasible. Um, yep. But you know, will Luke, will the Luke Cage storyline uh, tie in or move forward uh, this? You know, the upcoming Defender storyline, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, absolutely. So. Got anything else, Andy, or any other thoughts on the episode? No, no, I think I think we're I think we're done. Okay. Uh I didn't see any reviews. And if Twitter opens up quickly here. I know we had one that I want to read. Uh we our uh, winner, Stephen Elmy, got our got his package. Mm-hmm. And Oh, next. Yep. And he sent us a very nice note over on uh, Twitter. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I think I did, yes. So, um, I think I can read this. Yeah. I don't think there's anything here that we don't we can't say. Uh, uh, so, thanks. Uh, he actually sent us two. Yeah, one back-to-back. Thanks, Chip. You guys are both awesome, and it's awesome hearing that outro each time, even at the end of the San Diego Comic-Con special. Now, <laughs> you got to remember, Stephen is the one who came up with our outro for uh, Men With Fear, at least for this year. Yep. And then a day later, I got Box Received, Thanks a Million, My First De Facto Loot Crate, and, uh, and Funko <laughs> Pop. I watched someone... F- uh, I watched someone I follow live stream an unboxing of the futuristic box as well as the anime and gaming crates. So the chance to hold the commission plate sticker and pin in my hand is particular, particularly awesome. Oh, and the figure was Kerrigan, if you're interested. Well, happy. So, uh, thanks Steven. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I can, I'm trying to remember what I put in there. There was some 
figure in terms of a mystery figure, I think. There was, I sent him uh, the she, the exclusive She-Thor Funko Pop. Mm-hmm. And That's- I uh, also sent him, uh, I had a, I got a Star Trek t-shirt in, in uh, a recent loot crate, uh, which was in his size. So I sent that along to him as well, because he said he was uh, into Star Trek. So, uh, and yes, there was some, some little, there were a couple of Star Trek things that I've received. He did not get the entire futuristic box. He got choice things from various Funko Pop, Marvel crates, etc. Um, but I was glad I could. To be fair, what you sent him was, what you sent him was probably better than, than oh that, yeah, because right? <laughs> a lot of the stuff that comes in, uh, a monthly loot crate is total crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of it is uh, a lot of fran- stuff from franchises that either I some of them I don't even know sometimes I think but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know it's cool getting a box of stuff and it's cool that uh, we were able to share that stuff with a listener so enjoy Steven and we will do some other contest sometime in the near future when we figure something out because I still have a lot of a load of crap here from other loot crates. So we will come <laughs> up with another one soon. Um, all right. Andy, when you're not unboxing a load of crap, where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me unboxing Ali's crap on uh, 42 level one every Tuesday, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time on 42 level one. We uh, talk movies, TV shows, comic books, and mostly video games. Um, you can find us on all games. Yeah, that's that. Um, and you can find all our episodes on all games on the archive as well as on Stitcher and iTunes. And this week we're going to be talking No Man's Sky probably. <laughs> and probably how Ali hates it. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll touch on that on when uh, when we do the show Wednesday. I've been playing as well. Um, And you can find me, first of all, Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern on allgames.com on the B-Team podcast where we talk games, movies, tech, some television. Uh, Did a bit on No Man's Sky last week. I know we're doing more this week, and we have some other uh, games that we will be discussing as well. we got a couple of review copies in. And then uh, also you can... Find me on All Games Thursday nights now, once again, 9 p.m. Eastern, on Knuckleballer Radio with my co-host, Sean, Eli, and Normie, where we talk about whatever the hell we want to and have a lot of fun doing it. So be sure to check that out as well. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show and uh, downloading or streaming it. Please, if you get a chance, go leave us a review over on iTunes. And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of days. And just remember, we are all just one bad day away from being the Punisher. See you in a couple days, guys. Bye.